When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to TFL Talking Trucks podcast. This is where we go deep into very, very important pickup truck subjects and brand new truck releases. But this segment right here, this episode is focused on particular one particular very exciting thing which is making trucks faster more capable louder and cooler <laughs> so to do this i have uh, a friend of the show and my personal friend ben norell from pax power hey ben how you doing uh thanks for joining me on this podcast dude and uh, i've recently had a chance to uh drive one of your latest creations um, basically your supercharged V8 powered Raptor truck because it has Raptor suspension, right? Right. Uh, but I wanted to have you on the show because uh, we've kind of, well, we've met like over three years ago. Right, right. Very beginning of Pax Power. Yeah, so this, it's been a while. So uh, what I wanted to kind of do, kind of take a step back and see like, you know, how Pax Power came about and like what is some of your mission and vision and um, talk about some of your cool projects that you're currently working on. And then also how maybe the business is changing a little bit, right? Uh, moving into the future. Yeah, so Pax Power started about three years ago. Um, I'm a truck guy. I've been in the performance industry, worked at a very large tuner and got a lot of experience with supercharged performance vehicles, but at heart I'm a truck guy. So I took what I learned and we went out and started a company around custom trucks. Well, about the time that we did it, 2018, Ford had released the 2017 EcoBoost V6 Raptor, and the market was demanding a V8 option. And we considered swapping the engine, taking a Raptor, and putting in the V8 engine, and for making a V8 Raptor that way. But then we came up with the idea of why don't we just start with an F-150? It already has the V8 in there. Let's do that and let's add body and suspension from the Raptor and close the gap that way to make a V8 Raptor. What we thought was a simpler, more cost-effective way. And we went out, bought a 2018 Platinum Raptor. They'd recently received the 10-speed transmissions in 2018. So closed the gap between the F-150 and the Raptor. And uh, bought a lot of OEM body parts, suspension parts, and figured out the recipe. And that led to us building our prototype and showing that to the press. And you came and reviewed that truck and then was off to the races. Our very first customer was a, a doctor in Hawaii. So from day one, we were shipping these trucks far away because there was a demand for this niche market. And since then, that's become our company mantra is to build the trucks the OEMs won't. When we see a niche of something that's not being satisfied, we go for that niche. So, and you started specifically with this F-150 project, right? Uh, yeah, we, which kind of makes sense. So uh, just to rewind the clock a little bit. So the 2017 was the first year, the first of the second gen uh, Ford Raptor from the factory. Um, of course, it was, you know, an all new truck, right? New frame, uh, updated frame, chassis, brand new twin turbocharged V6 engine, uh, and also updated Fox shocks, right? So it had at that point um, the, their latest iteration, not what they have now, of course. But Right, right. Yeah, that latest. Uh, and you guys are based uh, near Houston, Texas. 
Correct. Kind of a Trump capital of the world and uh, kind of a place where you'll be sitting at a live and there might be a raptor coming from every direction because there's just so many down here. Yeah. So, so like you said, people kind of, the EcoBoost engine was okay, right? The high output engine was okay. But uh, you saw this need where people maybe wanted, you know, that V8 rumble, right? And that power, but then you didn't stop there, right? So you took, like you said, the five liter V8 F-150 truck, added suspension to it and, and even the body components, right? But then you supercharged it. Yeah, yeah. So um, part of my experience before was that where the EcoBoost works really good in factory configuration, it's not the best candidate to upgrade because as you start to push on that V6 engine, you hit a limit Let's say it comes with 450 from the factory. Well, as you start to move up through the 500s and 600 horsepower range, you hit a mechanical limit of what that those pistons and rods and turbos can handle. Whereas with the 5.0, you can supercharge that engine, get 750, 775 horsepower with really good reliability. And so makes a better candidate for upgrades and you can go big while still saying daily driver reliable, daily driver driving characteristics, that type thing. It doesn't seem like a vehicle would double the stock horsepower. Okay, um, that's, I mean, so that's the truck actually tested. Uh, we did a video with it and um, uh, it's on YouTube. It was actually behind me um, here um, until of course the screensaver came on. So, um, just as I, I've never told you this story, but um, the so we had the, the 2018 Platinum shop truck, and then we raced that truck against my friend's um, 2017 Raptor, that gray truck. Yeah. Well, that truck was bought back by Ford for the oil starvation issue. And so I always use that as an example of like why to go V8 versus EcoBoost because I say, hey, you likely saw us from this video on TFL. Well, the truck that we raced actually had one of these characteristic EcoBoost engine failures. So uh, just a little follow up on that. That truck had to get bought back by Ford um, just for kind of one of these inherent things that comes up on EcoBoost. Yeah, that's a very interesting. I mean, obviously Ford was pushing the envelope, right? The EcoBoost came out like 2011, right, model year. And at, at that time, everybody thought they were crazy, right? Right. <laughs> and, you know, how come you're doing this? And, and over the years, obviously, they changed it, improved it. Uh, different transmissions came along, right, and to 10 speeds versus 6. So, yeah, that's been kind of an interesting thing to watch. Um, before we move on, um, you made it sound kind of easy. Uh, you just said, you know, let's put some suspension and body parts on it. <laughs> but was it easy? So um, what we did was I spent probably three months of like true R&D. This was what we did every day when we woke up and we would spend, uh, we would take diagrams of F-150s and we would take diagrams of Raptors and we would compare them during the week, makes parts list of what we thought was different between the two models. And I would go to Ford dealers on Sundays when there was no salesman around to bug me. And I would lay under an F-150, I would take a picture, and then I would instantly go lay in the exact same place on a Raptor, take the same picture. And I would study those during the week. And that is what allowed us to go, okay, this is possible for one thing. There's a numerous mounts on the frame that are identical and where things are different we were able to work around them and say okay so we know that the shocks on the f-150 are one and a half inches shorter than the shocks on a gen 2 raptor how do we work around that but um you know ford marketing might not be super happy about this but there's not as many differences in that frame as you would think they are very similar when it gets down to it and once we figured out the recipe um it went, it was, it was easy once we figured out the recipe. It was just the recipe that was hard. And, and now that, that same recipe is transferring into our 2021 that you drove. What we learned in 2018 is being applied to the 14th Gen F-150s now. Yeah, I gotcha. And of course, uh, I mean, now we're into where, you know, this is what, October 2021, and the third gen Raptor is already on sale, right? right. It's, some of the first ones are already coming out. So, 
Um, and of course, they have changed it slightly again and did some, you know, a, a lot of suspension work as well um, on, on that truck. And so um, tell, tell me before we move on to the third gen or the next thing uh, about the body components, because that's, I mean, the part of the Raptor or any high performance truck is the look of it, right? Right. Yeah, those also come into function um, as so we may, you know, you found out off-roading the uh, Alpha. This flared bodywork that you see on the Raptor is not just for looks. It allows the Raptor to achieve its full 12 inches of travel. Also allows if guys want bigger wheels and tires, 37s. So the fenders and the bodywork is not only flared, but it's what I call radiused. And so you look at that bigger cutout and that's an important ingredient to getting an off-road truck is to achieve that bigger wheel cutout so that you can truly use all the travel that's there. So the Raptor's really cool. Those parts are super nice. Um, and once we went through of finding the Raptor fenders, the Raptor vents, the fender flares, we even go as far as fender liners and even source every little piece of hardware, all of the screws. But once you do, it goes together. And I think it's a package that it would take a pretty um, crafty Ford engineer to, to tell what he's looking at. You know, that we it's pretty tough to tell that it ever started as an F-150. I gotcha. Because well, you're also using Ford parts, right? Right. So they want they fit like factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense, of course. And um, uh, yeah. So so now, but then um, because you know we became friends, you know, from the first time we met, and then I noticed you know you were doing other things like you even have like a you had a three liter a Power Stroke truck you were working on, right? So tell me about that. I mean, you're kind of trying to like go to this where, like you said, uh, do stuff that others don't. Yeah. Yeah. So it came out initially as just a V8 Raptor conversion. Like people want this. Um, but maybe what we didn't expect is what you talk about. People want variations of it. So we put out a platinum black V8 Raptor supercharged, thinking that's what people want. But when they called, we got all kinds of requests. Can we do a King Ranch interior? I'd really like brown interior. Can we do custom body panels so that it's bigger than a Raptor? Can I do matte black? And like you're talking about diesel. So we built two or three diesel Raptors where guys would source a platinum eco, or I'm sorry, they call it the Power Stroke 3.0 liter diesel. And we would change that body to uh, that body and suspension to Raptor components. And they were awesome. Other than the Power Stroke badge and the really cool idle sound, you couldn't tell that they were uh, any different than a V6. And driving those, I'll tell you, they were a really unique experience because um, with tuning, we were able to raise the torque to 550, 600. And granted, it kind of ran out of steam higher in the RPMs, but stoplight to stoplight, those things were so cool because there was so much torque down low. And um, yeah, people just, they took what we offered and ran with it. And I don't think we expected that people would come to us and want totally bespoke VA Raptors and diesel Raptors, but that was the case. We've done... One customer had a terrain tan Gen 1 Raptor, a very kind of classic color for the initial Raptors. Hmm. So we had him build us, us build him a Gen 2, and we did a complete color change in terrain tan with King Ranch interiors. It was a brown on brown truck. We've done um, painted, you know, Nardo gray from Porsches onto Raptors. We've just got to do a lot of cool things that people probably wouldn't have suspected, but since we're taking a truck completely apart, you know, all the front clip, the entire bed comes off, all the suspension comes off. Well, it makes sense to go back together with whatever you want. So we've built some really cool bespoke trucks with high-end suspension, big brake kits, pretty crazy suspension systems, shocks through the bed, um, frame cut bumpers, all kinds of fun stuff. People took what we offered and really ran with it. That's very interesting. Yeah. And I also heard you even touched a couple of Ford Rangers, right? Or you worked yeah. at least a couple of them. Yeah, those are some really cool flagships. I'm not sure they make sense uh, in the consumer world because they're $90,000 Rangers. 
but we really considered them works of art. So how that came about was a customer that had us build him a dark blue V8 Raptor said, hey, I see this Ranger Raptor. I can't get one imported. They have a quite slow diesel engine in Europe. I think zero to 60 is like 12 seconds or something crazy on that engine. Um, I can't get it in left-hand drive. Can you help? So what we did was we went out and bought a Lariat North American Ranger that just came out in 2019. Mm -hmm. And we contacted dealerships in Australia, found a hard time finding somebody that would take you seriously and sell you parts. But just like for the um, V8 Raptor conversion, they sent us parts diagrams. And we said, we'll take everything <laughs> that we think we might need. Mm -hmm. And so we imported OEM uh, Ranger Raptor body components over. Now that was quite a big swap. I think coming from the Raptor where everything lines up relatively well, we were shocked with how nothing lined up with the between the Euro Ranger and the North American Ranger. They were quite different, taillights different, bed construction different, just complete different ball game. But at the end of the day, you keep cutting in, you keep going further in, and at some point you find that they are the same truck. So we did. We were able to fit those OEM body panels. We had to take uh, north bumpers for North American trucks and extend them about 11 inches on each side to make it fit. And then we used Baja kits for suspension and King for shocks. And that was our 2019 SEMA vehicle. And it would have been – we think it looks so OEM that some people didn't notice what it was because yeah, it's one of two Ranger Raptors that are in the U S one's dark blue, one's pearl white. And they are just, yeah, they're kind of flagships for us. We don't get a lot of calls on them. Probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to build because I mean, the air freight of those parts over here alone is like $5,000. Like it just, it adds up so fast, but very proud of them. And um, I think those are really good examples of like, if the OEMs won't build it, call us, we'll try to build it. And a lot of, you know, so far we've been able to succeed on all these. Awesome. Awesome. So let's shift gears and talk about GM, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I, this is me. I love, I'm a GM guy in here. Okay. Um, push rod V8s. Uh, my own five of them. So I'm a, I, I like that. <laughs> so after the success with the Ford, uh, we had to do a ship. And where Ford sells, I don't know, 25,000 Raptors a year, maybe more. I think you and I have always tried to put a number on that. It's tough to it's, do. But it's it's hard. Yeah. Um, Chevy has no competitor in that segment, especially 19 20 21 time period and so saw a huge opportunity there went out got a 2019 chevy 62 and kind of went best parts available was the strategy uh, again worked with baja kits for a long travel arm it's three inches longer per side so a hair wider than a raptor f-150 comparison we use king shocks deep relief springs so suspension-wise, it's a lot of the parts that a Raptor owner might use to upgrade their truck. And then for body components, we have fender flares that are uh, three to four inches wider. Uh, I'm sorry, fender panels, complete replacement fenders, complete replacement bedsides, and a big hood. And that's what we call the Jackal. So like we were talking about with the Raptor, it has those ingredients of flared bodywork, radius fenders, long travel suspension, and uh, a really good ride because it's able to travel so much. And that has been um, a, a, a cool project. We've moved a lot of those and now we're moving those worldwide. Those are on dealerships in the Middle East. So that's been a good build for us. Yeah, that's really interesting because, so yeah, you talked about you know the GM space, especially over the last, what, three to four years and, and prior, right? They didn't answer that Raptor question, right? Uh, from from the factory um, and then so the Chevy Silverado Jackal that you know we we're just talking about um, well that's your interpretation of that right so so but but you also have kind of various grades of that stages uh, you know stage one two and three and I, I was fortunate enough you sent me your stage three your yeah, with supercharger yeah your prototype truck right yeah basically and once again supercharged and by the time i got it this was what earlier 2021 year 
we also have the RAM TRX, right? So, so the RAM uh, brand has kind of jumped on this on this uh, segment, and you know we um, yeah. So now they're having a supercharged V8 truck, which is the RAM TRX from the factory. So, so they're kind of you know they have their halo vehicle. So it was really fun because I was able to do uh, second gen Raptor versus your Jackal versus the TRX. Yeah, and I think the TRX, like we saw in the drag race, it's really good at that. Um, and I don't, I don't. Props to to Ram; they did a great job of making a really heavy truck launch very well. But I think one thing you noted about the Jackal was that it was almost a thousand pounds lighter than the TRX. And yeah. I think there's some times when you feel that weight that the the Jackal may have an off-road advantage on the Raptor and the TRX. Um, you know, we really need to test it more to know for sure. And, and you were able to do some slow speed testing and high speed. But I think that's one advantage of the Jackal is not only that it used some really high end suspension components, but um, you know, a thousand pounds lighter is quite a bit over the TRX. So while it might not show up in a drag race, it does show up in a lot of on-road and off-road situations. Yeah, totally. And I mean, so what's what's the future of the Jackal? I mean, are you still kind of, I mean, right now it's hard to get trucks anyways. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, are you going to, do you see some popularity here? I mean, are you seeing some interest? Yeah. So we build a few Jackals a month. Um, and when dealer trucks, so the dealer trucks are more stage one trucks. So that, um, has the King suspension, has the cool hood, the fender flares, but not the full wide body stage two, stage three. So granted that's, that truck is going to have to compete against the ZR2, but when it comes to the wide body full Raptor TRX competitor builds, we still don't really have any competition in that space. So we'll keep making those for years to come. And what we're doing right now is we're revising our front body panels so that we're able to switch over to the new front end mid-year 2022 very fast. Okay. And uh, we're actually converting our prototype truck over now to the new body panels, which will have a seam by the front uh, headlight that will allow us to modify both 21 front end trucks and facelifted 22 trucks using mostly the same body panels, but obviously we'll need a new headlight surround and balance area. So we're getting ready for that because we think, yeah, we'll lose a little bit of traction to the ZR2 in our stage one, but we're still kind of the only uh, place to go if you want the full wide body, long travel, supercharged truck like the TRX or someday Raptor our competitor. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so when you sent me um, the Jackal, the supercharged Chevy Jackal truck, and I had it, what, for a couple of weeks. So thank you for that. But one thing I noticed was the attention it received. Yeah, no, it, 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 was, it was kind of an attention magnet. So when the 2019, the, the current generation, the T1 generation of the Chevy trucks came out, it was controversial. So people you know, weren't sure what to think about the new headlights, the new grill, you know, the new look of it was a little bit strange to some people. Um, and then I think, it, at least for me, it grew on me, you know, over yeah, the years. Um, and then what you've done, because you're doing this for the Jackal Stage 3, um, this, you know, the top level of it, you're making it wider. <laughs> and I think the original design works with it. And it, yeah. makes, and it makes it even wider than, like visually, like your eyes tricked by it so you're like you're coming up to it and you're like whoa i mean and, and people can see it coming from a long way away. right right yeah with the raptors right i think there's some of the nicest gen 2 raptors f-150 conversions whatever you want to call them but people don't notice them because they look like oem raptors um if you don't know that a raptor is not offered in that color or you don't hear the exhaust note or you don't see the platinum badge on the back it's hard to tell one of our V8 Raptors from a regular Raptor. Um, the TRX is aggressive, but when I see them in the wild, I've got to kind of double take, is that a Ram Rebel or is that a TRX? You don't miss the Jackal. The Jackal is, a, and, and um, it's fun for me. It sometimes makes me late, but talk about conversations at gas stations, outside of Bass Pro Shops, like, People come and talk to you about the Jackal because they say, I've never seen anything like this. Like, why doesn't 
Chevy made this? I didn't know Chevy made this. And I say, no, you know, we make this at Pax Power, but it gets attention from uh, one, you have a large segment of people that are Chevy people that don't have an off-roader like this. But I find that just even non-car people are drawn in by the Jackal because of it's so aggressive and there's nothing like it on the road. There's just the dozens that we've built that are out there. Yeah, that's interesting. And of course, uh, like customers that come to you, they don't have to, you know, you don't have to buy like a top level truck to start with, right? I mean, you could start somewhere lower, correct? Right, right. It's it can for us when you pick your base truck, you're picking your technology and a lot of times your color. That's really it. And if you can deal with out 360 camera or adaptive cruise control, you're right. You can get some good deals on some trucks. And um, right now with the lower truck avail availability, those are the ones that are out there and that are on lots. Some of the ones without some of the crazy tech. So. Yeah, we're always happy to take a, uh, you know, something maybe like a regular trail boss or a, uh, I've always been drawn to the RST trucks, right? You can get a 6.2, you can get color matched, you can get leather, but you just pass on tech. And with trucks getting so expensive, it's probably the best way to get a truck for, uh, you know, around $45,000, $50,000. That's still something that has a, has a lot of features. Yeah, and also for this coming year, the 2022 model year, what GM is doing is they're expanding their 6.2 availability too. So I've, I've noticed a lot of their, you know, press releases and a lot of their information says that, you know, they're making the 6.2, uh, you know, you can ba buy multiple trim levels that you couldn't before, right? That you couldn't do before. You can actually get a bigger V8 if you want. Um, yeah, back when in 19, when we got our shop truck, you could only get it in LTZ and high country. You couldn't even get it in trail bosses. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's 6.2. And, um, you know, on the 5.0s, on the Fords, we really try to push people into superchargers because we think that's what classifies it over into a performance truck category. But with the 6.2, doesn't really need a supercharger. It's got pretty impressive torque down low. I mean, if you're a power freak, we're happy to put one on for you. But I think that the 6.2 is the best stock engine in terms of what it delivers, especially if you're trying to make an off-roader. I mean, simple pushrod V8 and and uh, the power numbers are pretty impressive. But uh, was it, how difficult was it to actually supercharge that 6.2? I mean, because I'm hearing from a lot of different manufacturers, not just GM and Ford, but many more that, you know, especially with over-the-air updates and different, um, you know, just computer lockdowns, was that how difficult was that so that's our new normal we're going to be dealing with that going forward they say it has to do with the automation that they're putting in these vehicles and they want to protect it and i just watched i think it was fast seven yes or fast eight and yeah somebody hacks the cars and crashes them into one another so that's the fear um the 2019s were a big obstacle for us um it's now this system where you're right, over-the-air updates, but they also change the way that they calibrate. So for the past decade that I've been in the industry tuning these cars, if you were to look over a calibrator's shoulder, you would see a table, right, with um, dozens of fields, and they go from green to yellow to red, and that's him putting timing values in and fuel timing in, uh, fuel values in and things like that. Well, now with these new Silverados, it's all the truck that's making the decision. It's all... I guess for lack of a better term, AI. So instead of us telling it all those situations and values, we now tell the engine limits. So once we were able to defeat the security, um, tuning them was actually very easy because all you do is you say, hey, you used to make 460 foot pounds of torque. Now you make 640 foot pounds of torque. Take care of the fueling to make this happen. Hey, you have a supercharger used to make 21 degrees peak timing. Now you're only going to make 18 degrees peak timing. You're in charge computer. And so on the, in the case of the Silverados, while it was tough and it took a year for the software companies to allow us access to tune these trucks on the back end, it's been a really a blessing because these trucks tune themselves. So we can send one to Colorado and give it to you and it will make the adjustments it needs to for the air and the density and the temperature. Uh, we can send one out of the country 
and not worry. Within a few minutes, that truck will make caliber, make adjustments and be good. So we're seeing that in the case of the 20 of the 19 to 21 Silverado, it was tough at first, but in the end it was better. But I think we're losing it for the 2022. So the 2022 is going to go to Global B. And um, as we know for the C8 Corvettes, which debuted 18 months ago, let's say. Yeah. No calibrations. Software companies have been able to make no um, end arounds. They haven't been able to defeat security on the new Silverado Global B. So that's why we're locked out of the new GM uh, SUVs. And we're worried that when these new revised 2022 Silverados and Sierras come out, that they're going to be locked up for us. So if your goal is to get a supercharged Silverado, the next six months might be your last opportunity. Um, Because that kind of brings me to another point is that now there's kind of winners and losers in terms of how you're going to tune these trucks. So 2021 F-150, everyone is locked out but Whipple. So we all have to, and Whipple has the blessing of Ford. So we all have to go to one spot to get our horsepower now. And I think that's how it's going to be. The OEMs are going to work with just a couple of product manufacturers and calibrators, and then everybody's going to have to go through them. Yeah, well, so I guess they're just tightening their controls, basically, at this point, right? Yeah. So so if there's a trusted partner, like maybe Whipple in this case for Ford, right? Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe that's the solution. But I just hope, you know, I wish they would not focus on one or two, but maybe a handful, right? Because, because, you know, you don't want to monopolize. <laughs> yeah, it's quickly becoming where it's a monopoly. And the Ford side, you have no choice. It's Whipple. On the Silverado side, only one calibration company put in the R&D dollars and hired the people it was going to take to defeat the what we call the E90 security, the 2019 to 21 Silverado. So because the OEMs are spending more money on this security, it's requiring the aftermarket to spend more money and only some companies are even able to do it. So I, may, I, I, I guess maybe the ticket is, well, first of all, use some of the performance parts that the manufacturer provides, right? Like I know you do intake systems, exhaust systems, uh, all that stuff from GM, um, and maybe even working on those relationships with the manufacturer, right? Yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, for our base uh, Jackal packages, we really liked putting on those Chevy intakes, the Chevy um, OEM exhaust, which we've since figured out is made by Borla, so great product. And um, you can maintain your full factory warranty, but get to have a few more bolt-ons and add some more power to it. So there are options out there um, to where you can make horsepower, maintain the warranty, make bigger horsepower, but it's just the options are narrowing. It uh, used to be, you know, you might have a few supercharger options, a dozen intake options, several tuning options. It's really narrowing down to this is the way you have to do it if you want to do one of these trucks. Interesting. Are you, um, have you also done GMC trucks or, or are you focused on Silverado right now? So we've done two GMCs. Um, our first one came out a little bit ago, and I see its video peeking over your shoulder there with that one GMC grill there, yeah. And we have our second one coming through now. So that first one was an AT4. Uh, the second one is a Denali. And um, one thing that's cool is you look at our GMCs, and it's, it's evident in the Chevys that you've seen, but it's becoming more so is that we're now able to produce body panels at an OEM level. So our quality, our fit, our finish, our body lines are constantly um, progressing. And that's one cool thing about the aftermarket. So even if we're not able to always make tons of horsepower with these trucks, we're gonna always make them better off-roaders, make them look different than your neighbors, You know, give them cool body work because whereas we're maybe losing options on the, um, power side we are gaining tons of options on the body modification and suspension side so uh not all bad news no no i don't yeah i don't want to focus on the bad news definitely Uh, totally not so uh and then i saw also you've you're doing some trucks specific for like the middle east markets is is that true 
Yeah, those were cool. Wouldn't we like to have those single cabs? So what we had come through here last month was a handful of single cab short standard boxes, six and a half foot box GMCs. They were AT4s and elevations. And they were some of the coolest trucks I've ever seen. So if in North America, you can only get a single cab and an eight foot bed and in the lower work truck trims. I think LS and WT is all it comes in. Yeah. These trucks were fully loaded AT4s with bucket seats, two-tone leather, air conditioning, full tech. They were super cool. And so we took those, we put our Jackal hood, Jackal fender flares, king shocks all around 35 inch tires exhaust we had to custom make an exhaust since nobody in north america makes one for that cab bed configuration had to do like custom spare tire mounts and stuff because some of the stuff is just isn't available um, for that but when they were done some of the favorite things that, that we've ever done here one you know truck guys saw them and were like what is that and then when they peeked inside it was almost like a corvette I, that was the best comparison i had was that it was like a corvette truck because it was luxury inside it was only two seats had a console between you and your passenger which is not normally what you get in a single cab you usually right. get a you know uh, a, a bench seat and maybe you get carpet so those trucks were really neat and that's just a middle east um spec that they only offer over there and those but they're built are but they're built in north america yeah yeah so all of the trucks are built in the two factories that we know about uh i guess dearborn and where, oh, that's ford but wherever they have yeah, the two yeah. silver auto factories so they're all built here but they come out of the factory with arabic writing on them with all of the middle east spec they don't have window 10 on them um and then we've been designated a Chevy Upfitter for these Middle East dealers. So they're built at the factory here. Chevy trains them, sends them on a train to our facility here in Houston. We upfit them, put all of our Jackal conversion on, and then we get them back in line with their Silverado counterparts and they go to the Middle East modified. So it's a really easy program for us to get those trucks over here over there yeah. without uh, they don't they don't there's not a whole lot of shipping you know other than them being dropped off by chevy at our curb and us having to get them back into the chevy transport system mm -hmm. it's very seamless and uh those five trucks the bad news you know it takes them a little while to get over there so those trucks just landed last week and we've heard a couple of them already got snatched up and whenever Ford and GM gets these assembly lines going. Hopefully, we're doing lots more of those single cabs because those. That's very interesting. Cool. Do you are you get do you get tempted to like have one fall off the truck somewhere and like keep it to yourself? So so Pax Power is named after my son Paxton, and my wife, as soon as she saw one, was like, "How do we get one of these and mothball this for Paxton someday?" Because this is this is such a cool. I mean, I figure there's two people that want a luxury single cab. It's young guys and very old guys. I once did a supercharger for a guy in, in a single cab truck. And I was like, why do you have the money? Why do you want to spend this much on a truck? And he's like, well, it's just for me and my dog. And I'm like, what about your wife? And she's like, well, she's got her own truck. This one's for me and my dog. So <laughs> I think that's who goes for single cab luxury trucks. So not a big market, but a fun truck nonetheless. Very, very cool. And so do you do anything like with Ram or other brands uh, as far as mods? We've done two 2019 Rams, and I think we've come up with a pretty cool suspension for those where we use King Shocks. We put new links in the uh, rear for their uh, five link system. We put an upper control arm. Um, we're, we like how those come out, but we've only done a few of them. I don't know how big the market is. Um, if you looked in the shop right now, we have our first TRX. So that one's under the knife right now. We're going to be going up to 900 horsepower, bumpers, wheels, and tires. Um, and then we actually have a 2019 Dodge here that I was driving this morning with a, with a uh, Magnuson supercharger on it. So we, set, we do see some Dodges come through here, but it's not not to the point yet where we've said, all right, this is a PAX power product. We're going to push this and try to really advertise it. But some do come through here. Okay. Like uh, special requests, I guess, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe friend of a friend is kind of how we get them. We build somebody a Raptor and then they go, 
well, I'm in Dodge. Can they do something like this for me? And we're like, yeah, you know, we'll build you a one-off package. So not everything uh, that we build do we necessarily publicize like, hey, we know this is something that people want and people want to see. But essentially, if if it's available, we can build it. Um, you know, we with yeah. our experience, we can make it happen. Uh, we got our got our first Bronco sitting back there right now, seven-speed uh, manual, four-cylinder, so doing suspension on that today. Um, we've avoided the Tundra to date just because it's kind of long in the tooth with being 2008 to 2021 being roughly the same. Mm -hmm. I think you've seen their sales numbers have kind of fallen off over time. But with that new model that's coming out, we're going to really get into the Tundra because we think that there's an opportunity there, right? Um, we need to, the, if, if Toyota is not going to make a Raptor competitor or a TRX or a Jackal competitor, then Pax Power will. So we're always looking for niches where we think, all right, there's going to be a demand here for something cool. If we can make it and make it for a reasonable price point, we're going to come to market with it. Very cool. And then, of course, not to be forgotten, the F-150 Alpha, right? So that's, so that's your latest F-150 project. I uh, just drove it. Uh, the video is not ready yet, <laughs> so, That's all right. so so we're gonna we're gonna run this uh, this podcast first, um, and then the video the video will come within a week or so uh, or so. Tell me about the Alpha project here. Yeah, coming. This was really kind of full circle. We really I felt like we became experts in the 13th Gen F150 by taking them apart and putting them back together in so many configurations. So. We're always looking for the next thing. The 2021 was a no-brainer. So we went out, we ordered one. It took a long time to get. Maybe February, we got a 2021 Platinum with a 373. And then within days, we had Raptor suspension on it. Um, there were not a lot of companies coming to market with the production of parts, of aftermarket parts being so behind. It's pushed R&D even further behind. So it gave us the opportunity to R&D a couple of parts ourselves this go-round. So we made our own fender flares, uh, made some molds, uh, custom designed them, kind of styled them after the Gen 3 Raptor, um, put lights in them. And so that's something that's a cool evolution for us, that we made our own fender flares. We produce them here in Texas. They're bespoke designs. Um, and then... Throughout the year, bumpers came online and you got to test it with the prototype Whipple system. So now we have 775 horsepower. We got a prototype Alcon brakes, so six piston brakes that fit under 17 inch wheels. So over the past six months or so, the Alpha's come pretty cool. And um, we're really, we really like it driving that around. The interior is incredible. So um, it's nice that, you know, we've, uh, we feel like we've addressed everything else, power, suspension, looks, braking. So I hope the Alpha checked all the boxes in your opinion. So, yeah, it did. I mean, uh, I don't want to spoil the video because I actually got to go off-road in it a bit. Um, yeah, we didn't have too much, a lot of time, but uh, just a few hours. Um, and then I did a zero to 60 in the truck as well. So you will be able to see that uh, on TFL truck channel. Uh, but it sounds like you're, you're taking the same recipe or the same idea, right, from the V8 conversions before, right? So you, you're getting a V8 F-150, which is the next generation, the, you know, the 14th generation of the truck. And then you're kind of putting your magic into it, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, right now it's kind of what was available. Raptor suspension was available, bumpers, brakes, supercharger. And even just this morning, more parts came onto the Ford system for the Gen 3 Raptor. So we're looking at what next. How do we get Gen 3 Raptor components on here? Because, you know, we've got a year, 14, 16 months till people can have a Raptor R. Well, we can build you something pretty close today, you know, with Gen 3 Raptor body components plus the parts on the Alpha that you tested. So, uh, yeah, we're always looking at what can we do next. We've got fiberglass body panels in the back if somebody wanted to make a wide body 2021 f-150 with raptor suspension we've got that so just like with the 13th gen with the 14th gen we want to be able to offer anything and everything now one thing that might change for us 
is that we are going to target the Gym 3 Raptors this go-round. Last time, we kind of stayed away from them because we were the enemy of the V6 Raptor, right? We didn't want to show any of those at our shop. We don't work on V6s, V8s only. I have one of the old V8 shirts. We're all about V8s. But going into the Gym 3, um, you know, I think there's a lot of tuners out there that modify Raptors. You've got Hennessy Raptors. You've got Shelby Raptors. You've got Roush Raptors. So with this Gen 3, we're going to come in and, and have a Pax Power Raptor so that uh, we don't leave any of that on the table. If somebody wants to modify the Raptor with us, we'll do the same. So we're going to offer uh, performance packages for the EcoBoost at 100 horsepower, 150 foot-pounds of torque. We'll offer wheels and tires. We'll offer suspension. We'll offer bumpers. And eventually, um, actually probably pretty soon, we're going to have body panels for the Gen 3 Raptor. So... You know, right now, Gen 3 Raptors are pretty special, but then in nine months, there'll be one in every neighborhood. So we'll have a way to make them look different, you know, get a couple of inches of width out of that body as well. Yeah, that's very cool. And obviously, I saw, I was fortunate enough, I was at the first drive event on the new third generation Raptor, and I saw their latest chassis. Uh, you know, the chassis without the body on top of it. It was really cool when they were showing. Well, obviously, they updated the suspension to coils. Right. Yeah, that's so, cool. So, so they went to five link in the back. So that that was kind of a big deal because they had to reorganize a few things, uh, right? And and also they're kind of taking it a little bit further away from the F one fifty, right? Right now, yeah. so, so so they're kind of separating it from where the F one fifty is currently to where you know the Raptor will eventually go to. Um, what about um, oh? Before we move on, uh, and we're almost you know, uh, I only have you what for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I, what about uh, some of the pricing like what are some of the stage one kits can you give me an idea like where does it yeah. start and like yeah, where does it go a, that applies to a lot of our packages because the recipe is the same right a lot of times it's quality suspension it's five 35 inch wheels and tires exhaust system um, fender flares hood so Pax Power builds start in the 15,000 area and include all of those things. And then as they go up, they're tied largely to the parts that are included. You know, if you're adding a supercharger, that's obviously a big price component to buy the supercharger kit from Whipple. So things like that add 12.5. If you're adding custom bumpers, you know, they're expensive from ADD. So things like that add six. Our range on most PAX power builds tends to be 15 to 40. That's kind of where we see that most things fall. 15 is full suspension, body, wheels and tires, exhaust. 40 are those guys that take the everything package. Supercharger with warranty, custom ADD bumpers, spares, you know, exhaust systems. And so that's where things kind of fall. And if you're applying it to the base cost of a truck, you see, uh, you know, a truck ranges from 50 to 65 now. Um, it's kind of the range. So Pax Power Builds are kind of 70 to 100 is where our price point is, which, you know, when we started in 2018, seems pretty high. We only had a couple of competitors there, the Shelby, the Hennessy. Now factory trucks are a hundred thousand. You know, their dealers are telling us to get ready for a hundred and twenty thousand dollar sticker price on Raptor R's. So we've seen the market change quite a bit just in our three years. And we're a six-figure truck, you know, when you and I were meeting in early 2018 seemed kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Now here we are three years later and they're kind of commonplace. So yeah, it is crazy. Uh, so where is it going? Um, we wanted to touch on this point where uh, in manufacturers, even like Ram, we interviewed a uh, head of Ram brand here on the show, uh, Mike Koval, and he was saying that on the previous episode, um, he was saying that um, the model is changing, that they want to shift their model to more pre-orders, right? And uh, reservations where you kind of pre-order your truck and it's built custom for you not necessarily as many, uh, you know, just stock trucks on the lot. Um, do you see that happening too? Yeah, big time. In, in 1819, we'd go to dealers and they would have hundreds of trucks on the lot. And they were like, we don't have room for Pax Power trucks because we're just covered up in inventory. Our lines of credit are maxed. 
The OEMs were having to give big incentives to move trucks. You saw those six, eight, ten thousand dollar incentives coming down, and you could go to a, a dealership and buy the truck you wanted. Well, for numerous reasons, those days seem to be over. So the inventory dried up, the high end trucks have dried up. So going forward, the OEMs seem to have made the decision that they would rather you order a truck. There's a buyer for that truck at all times. They're going to sell it to you at MSRP. So the dealer makes more money. The OEM makes more money because they don't have to discount the truck. And, you know, they don't have to pay any interest on their line of credit. It's just a, it's a lot of wins for the dealership. I mean, we've seen numbers where Chevy's production is down 40%. Ford's production is down 50%. But their stock prices are through the roof. It's because they found a new way to make money. And that if they build fewer trucks, but if they build them at special order, they can make more money. Well, we've had to realign ourselves to that new reality as well. For the first couple of years of Pax Power, you could find a truck locally here in Houston, truck capital of the world, I always say, exactly what a guy wanted. Um, for a while, we would have to go nationwide to find. Now the trucks just aren't there. So what we have to do now is recalibrate expectations. Hey, you're not going to get a smoking deal. You're not going to find the truck you want on the lot, but that can be a good thing because you can order exactly what you want. And while Chevy or Ford is building your truck, Pax Power will get ready to build your truck so that when it rolls out of the factory, we'll have it drop ship right into Houston. We'll modify it and have it in your, and we'll send it right to your driveway. So is dealerships become more of an order taking we're just going to kind of bypass that system and we can help you with that we can also finance your upgrades and with the truck purchase so seems like we're going to have to be a little bit more concierge and supporting these guys but uh, we've made the changes to be able to do it so if you're going to be waiting three months to get a high-end silverado made well, then maybe you should wait three months and three weeks and we'll build, you know, we'll have it shipped here. We'll turn it into a Pax Power Jackal or Alpha or Raptor conversion and then we'll send it on to you. And I think it's a good and a bad because with parts shortages, that build time that is happening at the Chevy or Ford factory allows us to get the parts in here and be ready for your build to arrive. Um, but yeah, you're not going to get a truck tomorrow. I think I saw this morning Tesla's, you know, you order a Tesla today, you're looking at next May or June. Like it's just going to take people a while to calibrate to this new reality of no deals, no trucks on lots. Yeah, totally. So I think, um, this whole shift in the industry may affect uh, a person who needs a vehicle right now and, and they're not looking to customize, right? It would affect those people because let's say you had an accident in your vehicle, you need a replacement, you cannot go to work otherwise, right? Right. Now that affects you, right? And, and if there is less inventory at the dealership, then you may not have as many choices. But, but if you're waiting for that perfect truck, you know, maybe you can afford to wait a little bit, right? And, and, and then also get exactly what you want. You know, we're talking about like colors, mirrors, options, right? Yeah. Everything that you want. So I think that's cool. That may be the only way to save money going forward too as well. Because for a while, OEMs are really trying to push things into packages. And each one of those packages, you may only want one element of that package, but they'd force you to take it all. And it would really bump the price point up. Well, I've noticed that as they've shifted to this order market, they're making it a lot more a la carte so that where there's not an incentive, well, maybe you can save some money by crafting your special order, right? Maybe you don't want power steps because you're going to put aftermarket steps on and you can save $1,700 there, or, or you don't want a sunroof and you can save $1,300 there. So instead of taking the one on the lot that might be upfit with 22 inch wheels, which on Chevy is a $4,000 upgrade. If you're special ordering with the goal of upgrading down the road, we could really tailor that special order to save money. Don't buy parts that we're just going to take off later. So that might be the only way to get to, you know, to get a deal is just order it without the parts, the components you don't need. Yeah, that's, re that's a really great point, for example. And I wish more new manufacturers would listen to this, right? Uh, because if they are making a lot or um, if they're interested in this, uh, maybe that a la carte option is uh, they should offer it more, right? For example, like fog lamps. 
You know, I, I wanted a basic truck with great lighting. You know, why can't I buy a work truck with LEDs, for example? You know, so if they can, you know, kind of shift around and offer more choices, uh, it would be better. Yeah. Yeah. You're not taking what's available. You're getting it made special for you. And I've done the experience once. I've done the custom order. I still have that truck. I feel more of a personal connection to that truck. It was always good to be, you know, the Norell's family truck. And so there is kind of a cool aspect to that. It's not just, this is just a commodity. It's something that was made for you. Yeah, totally. And you can kind of saw it, you know, you got the VIN and then you saw it shipped, right? And it's like, it's like, it's like your thing, right? Yeah. Now, that was a whole different ballgame. I'll just give you a, for all the guys that are waiting on orders right now, that was about a, uh, back then in 2015, you waited about 12 days for it to get pulled into the assembly line. And I called on Tuesday and it hadn't started building yet, but it was still slated to start that week. I called on Thursday and they said it's already left on a train. So the whole process took two and a half weeks and the whole build seemed to happen in about 36 hours. I was like, did you let the paint dry? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's it's going to take... 12 months now yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be i i also ordered a truck the f-150 hybrid that i have uh and um it took like six months or seven months to, for me to get it yeah it wasn't it wasn't you know within a month for sure our first hybrid just went into our first hybrid ralph alpha just got pulled into production this week so hoping to get that truck to you later, but that one's going to be something cool. It'll have the technology of the hybrid. Um, but we're also working with a company that's allowing us to control the Fox Raptor live valve shocks with a performance standalone controller. So um, should be pretty cool for the guys that like tech, you know, 600 foot pounds of torque in a hybrid engine and then full controllable magnetic Raptor suspension should be a pretty cool combo. Yeah, that's and sweet. when we talk about price point, those trucks don't need superchargers. You know, you can build something pretty cool for that 15 price point and have a true Raptor competitor with a hybrid engine and things like that. Hmm. So maybe eventually I could send my hybrid to you. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. Well, it's just You'll have to see what you think when the other one comes through. It might okay. sell itself. Okay. So, sounds good. Well, thanks, dude. Um, are we missing anything? Should, um, have you looked into like electrified trucks yet? Or is that just down the road? Just no, a little we bit are further? ready for that type stuff. Um, as I see the window closing on performance opportunities and V8s disappearing, and we see the electronic horizon coming, we're going to offer the PAX Power recipe for that. While we might not be able to change out motors and crank up output, um, there's still going to be the opportunity to make that a PAX Power F-150 Lightning look and perform different than a regular F-150 Lightning. So body panels, long travel suspension, custom bumpers, all that stuff isn't going anywhere. And if any, it, it, like I said, with the body panels, we're actually getting more technology and availability of cool parts on that. So we're just going to keep making them look different and perform different, even if there's nothing under the hood or in this case, you know, attached to the skateboard <laughs> <laughs> right okay well, very cool so yeah of course the lightning is still a few months away right but but it, uh, this would be very curious um and uh how that plays out yeah front suspension i've already been eyeing it looks pretty doable there's some weird stuff going on in that back end though <laughs> with that yeah. with those motors and independent rear that's going to be a, a, a you know a challenge to make that have some long travel to it yeah something else well thanks ben thank you for your time uh, i really appreciate it uh obviously uh, we you know uh it seems like we can work together again uh soon so I, i'm looking forward to it awesome yeah always appreciate the tfl you know family and and you bringing our trucks to the audience and the audience seems to like our builds they seem to appreciate that we are building the trucks that the OEMs want. So when you read a TFL comment category where they're like, why didn't Ford put a V8 in it? Where's the Ranger Raptor? Why doesn't Chevy make an off-roader? Well, that's where we get a lot of our motivation is your type viewers. So we'll keep doing that and, and sending them through you. 
All right, I appreciate it, Ben. Well, All right, talk to you uh, later. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.